hey, hey, and welcome to the Energy Report with me, Rebecca Conran, on the New Story Podcast. So, I'm doing something a little bit different this week, and you bear with me because it's going to be a little bit of a longer episode, maybe. But I'm hoping to share more about my personal experience with you guys, and hopefully, you know, maybe that'll be the thing that uh, you connect into this week. I don't know. Sometimes I like to mix it up, probably because my moon is in Sagittarius, and I love to do something a little different sometimes in the way that I create. This energy report is for June the 3rd through the 9th, uh, and we're going to get to the astrological shifts that are going to happen this week, but first I'm going to kind of walk you through some other shit, so stay with me. Um... The first thing I want to remind you of, though, is that I'm going to be conducting some in-person energy healing sessions in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, coming up Thursday the 6th of June through Saturday the 8th. So if you're interested in having a one-on-one in-person session with me in New York City, uh, please uh, email me and let me know the day and times that you're requesting, i.e. Thursday the 6th between 3 to 6 p.m. or etc., and I'll let you know what I have available. Uh, I'm also still booking my uh, June 28th retreat in Patterson, New York, upstate New York. It's still open for booking. So if you're looking for an energetic reset in nature with spiritual community and some energy healing uh, and uh, a bunch of other activities, this might be uh, the event for you. I've also received quite a few emails regarding coaching packages and extended counseling and energetic support. I actually have three coaching packages available right now that work as a weekly or every other week counseling and clearing format. And each time I set up a coaching package, it's really unique to each client, you know, unique to their goals, to their experience. Coaching is a goal-oriented therapy. So in a lot of ways, we are healing the past and uh, rewriting um, patterns of behavior that need support. But we're not just rehashing what's going on. We're really supporting, uh, you know, how to move forward and really attain the the goals you have. And we do this through really loving um, dedication to our rituals and our homework and our accountability. And a lot of times uh, when you work with someone else, they can really help you to kind of stay focused on the potential. You know, whereas sometimes if we're trying to go it alone, Uh, We tend to fall back into fear. When you work with other people, they can really remind you of who you are and the work that you're doing. They can be encouraging um, and help you to move forward and and support you. So uh, I have three-month counseling packages, and I have a six-month counseling package. And, um, you know, all of the money I've ever invested in my own healing work, which I continue to do, investing in seeing my practitioners, uh, I've never regretted any of that money. And sometimes it takes investing in something to really hold yourself accountable to it. So uh, if you felt called to working with me in an extended way, perhaps one of those will be a good fit for you. Okay, now for this week. So I love astrology, right? I find it to be an amazing tool, one amazing tool for spirituality. Uh, it's, it's no wonder that astrology used to be something that was highly revered in Western cultures hundreds of years ago. Uh, Nostradamus was a highly skilled and trained uh, astrologer. 
but religious oppression campaigned to eradicate astrology as it questioned the systems of oppression and control that had been put in place. So uh, there was a campaign to really make astrology seem not credible. But astrology is one incredibly helpful tool, along with um, many other insightful, intuitive tools that are available to us. And it's just one of the things that I like to pay attention to. But I don't think of astrology as um, like, uh, you know, it's not the only thing that I uh, think about. I think that it is a philosophy. So there's a lot of gray areas and things are not just black and white in astrology. But it helps me to ask the right questions of myself um, and that, I think, is where we come to the right answers, where we continually ask, ask ourselves the right questions. When we know the questions to ask, then we can kind of create new pathways for ourselves. So all this year, you know, we've really been pouring through our psyches. And come to think of it, there's really been a build in intensity since 2016. You know, regardless of the stresses and marathon we've gone through with the collective energies, We've definitely grown, and the astrology is really showing us how much we're capable of. We've created a lot of new paths for ourselves, and I think we should be incredibly proud of ourselves. I know I'm super proud of myself. I'm really proud of my clients. I've seen people just really just transform their lives. But we're in a marathon, not a sprint. And through 2020, things are going to continue to slowly shift and change. And and beyond then, you know, life is long. We're going to keep living. There's always going to be stuff that we're going to be moving forward with. The more understanding we have, which is what astrology helps us to do, it helps us to understand, the more, um, then the less resistance we will have to the change and the discomfort that comes through with this like unknown movement that we are going through. So right now, Uranus, which is our awakening, is in Taurus, which is our beliefs, values, and resources, and it has been since May. And I think where we've really felt this in a very surface level way has been it's been affecting our finances, our living situations, our jobs, and how we do relationships. Uh, With Pluto, which is transformation, and Saturn, which is our inner authority and work, as well as our south node, which is the karma we're letting go of, all in Capricorn, I think we're all seeing how this is affecting our finances and our physical resources ultimately, because we are being asked through this configuration to question and prod at how we do authority, what our true ambitions are, and how we go about getting them. And I think across the board, it's asking us to look at lack mindset and how we're so stuck in that as a society and how when we are in lack mindset, we then start to create from that place and we actually help to create more lack in our society and in ourselves. I'm going to take you on a little winding trip right now through my own personal experience. So stay with me because um, I'm going to head off on some tangents, I'm sure. But maybe there's some information in here that might help you to understand your own experience uh, more clearly. So I was raised in an extremely strict Christian religion. I'm not going to bother telling you which one because it really doesn't matter because these themes are true of so many religions and so many upbringings that are conservative in nature. 
Um, so I don't know that that's even the most important part. Some of you know already what, what, what I was raised. But the religion I was raised in really believed, surprise, surprise, that they had the one true religion. And every single effort in our lives was directed at perfection of spirituality. My father was a pretty big deal within the religion. And as his family, we were held to an impeccable standard of perfection. Uh, and this was something I was born into. So, of course... Um, all I knew was this religion until I was about 13 years old. Uh, you know, we lived only for our religious beliefs, and I was even taught from being a tiny baby that I should live in fear that Armageddon was to come at any moment, any day. You can imagine the kind of stress that this one belief alone would hold over a small child worrying that Armageddon might come, you know, trying to be a good girl because Armageddon might come. What always confused me when I was little, though, was how incredibly unhappy my family was, how dysfunctional it was, how much pain and suffering was projected within it, all while we were under the umbrella of the one true religion and seeming road to happiness. As a tiny being of light and love, my pushing and prodding and questioning led me to be even more oppressed and abused by my environment, but nothing could actually hold down the truth that was in my heart. You see, when I was growing up, I didn't believe that my parents truly believed in their religion because I knew in my soul that if this was the true one religion, wouldn't they find some sort of happiness and solace from being connected to it? How could such unhappy beings be connected to a truly loving, quotation marks, father, as they called God? Now, I've come to learn that spirituality it doesn't take away your problems, but certain ways that we facilitate our spirituality and our beliefs or religion or way of life can cause undue suffering or exacerbate our suffering. Conversely, the way that we connect with the universe, nature, and our own creative power can help us to see meaning in our lives, you know, and to work with it in a way that sees potential rather than fear. So many religions are motivated by fear and not motivated by the potential and beauty and creative nature or God in each of us. If we believe that God is someone else, somewhere else, then we're not really paying attention to how we're creating each moment. We're waiting for God to create either goodness or we're waiting for Satan to create badness in our lives, when really we're responsible and we have the power and the authority to create from a place of unconditional love if we so choose. We, when we don't remember that we are the creators of our experience, unwittingly and inadvertently keep creating these uh, systems of fear that we've been taught to create. So a lot of spirituality today and holistic wellness is about rewriting that belief that we are powerless and that we need God to create for us. And if we don't, uh, and that Satan could potentially create for us. We're, we're tuning into the fact that actually we can create all of this. We can create what we need. And the more that we own that power and as a collective choose that, the better that our experience will be. And the more that nature and the environment and our life on earth will improve. You know, many of my clients have had similar experiences as children. Um, uh, you know, maybe they weren't raised in the same religion, but they remember when they first learned of hell as a concept and the fear it created in their psyches, you know, being so scared that if we do something bad, we might go to hell if we're not perfect. 
Our society is built on religion, and so we have all absorbed ideas of failure and success based on uh, hidden motivation that success is salvation and failure is hellfire. Even if we don't believe these ideas, these religious ideas, and they're not connected to our parents specifically, um, these ideas have been imbued through our ancestry throughout time in our subconscious and unconscious mind. And they are motivated by the beliefs, by those kinds of beliefs, that um, success is salvation and failure is uh, hellfire. And that, you know, everything that comes along with that. Nowadays, we even believe that if we're rich and we're famous, then we're successful. And if we just live a life of love, a quiet life of love, that's, you know, uh, but we don't have a million dollars, that somehow we could be failing. So these are all things that we are at being asked to sort of look at, looking at these values that we've inherited, you know, uh, the values of like how we connect into relationships and the idea that there's one person for us and the pressure that that puts on us uh, when that seems to not really fit what we're meant to be doing. If, if so many people are being divorced, uh, perhaps marriage isn't the thing that we think it is. But that doesn't mean that we should or should not get married. Married. It just means that we probably need to look at our motivations and our expectations for doing any of the things that we've been taught to do. So much of what we're looking at lately asks the question, what is motivating this? You know, from a personal standpoint, you know, we can always adjust our motivations for doing anything. When I was a little girl, I was extremely sheltered and I spent a lot of time by myself and I remembered... I, I remember what my interests were vividly. I would sit in this little walk-in closet, which was the only space I was allowed to be my own self in. It was actually the only space that I was allowed to decorate or anything. My room was actually set up like a guest bedroom. So this little tiny walk-in closet was really the only connection I had to uh, my own personality. And um, I would sit in this little closet and I would close the door and sit at this darkly lit desk uh, that was in those tiny little desk, and I would sit there jammed up against the wall with my pretend papers, and I would teach my pretend class, and I would talk to them, and I would lead them. And sometimes I would take up my tape recorder, and I would interview guests on my radio show when I was five or six years old, and I would play all the parts, and I would do the accents because I loved to com- have conversations about I was very interested in in um, talking to people and sharing uh, and communication um, in this way, even as a very little girl. I knew that that was something I wanted to do. The third thing that I recall loving to do was dressing up in front of the mirror and dancing with my pretend microphone and singing. And at heart, I'm a true performer. I'm, and something happens when I use my voice in any way. It really does bring healing and is an activated source for me, too. Um, so, you know, these were all things that I've always known were things that uh, very vividly I know these are the things that I'm meant to be doing in my life. And I've been lucky enough to enjoy these gifts um, and to actually pursue them and to have the courage to pursue them. But I still check in with my motivations for why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
um, a lot. And recently, you know, I took a lot of time, months and months and months to myself to regroup, to understand myself more clearly. I worked a lot less. Um, and, you know, even though I've been super sex- successful in my career in spirituality, I'm very, very proud of everything I've done. Um, you know, uh, I'm pr- proud of my strong work ethic. I'm proud of my integrity. I'm proud of my personal healing energy. And so I am proud of the thousands of people I've been able to help um, one-on-one and through my podcast and through my writing. You know, I still have to continue to look at why I'm doing whatever I'm doing, you know, um, to make sure that it is coming from a place of my own ideas of integrity. So um, I'm happy in my role. I'm so happy to continue to be a teacher. Um, I'm, I love doing the podcast. I love it when I interview people. It is really fun. And you know, I am, I am happy as a transformer of myself who can share an optimistic viewpoint of transformation with others. I'm really proud of that. But there is this other part of me, you know, that realizes that I was exceptionally good at sharing spirituality, even in my parents' religion. So I have to check in with what are my motivations for being a healer? What are my motivations for sharing spirituality? You know, and to always be making sure that I'm not towing a line, you know, that it isn't motivated by money, that it isn't motivated by status or approval. You know, um, I was a leader in my parents' environment, you know, and it was very surprising to that community at the time when I decided to leave that religion and set of beliefs. Um, And some of my motivations for me teaching spirituality now and my connection to it are most certainly connected to a part of me wanting to show that I can be approved of for my own spiritual beliefs, regardless of whether they are correct or not or help other people or not. And I have to tap into that. You know, I don't look at how many people listen to the podcast. I don't look at how many people read my newsletters. Um, I'm actually super excited when Instagram no longer has a uh, like button because I think that no matter what we're doing, it needs to be because we feel good about it and not because uh, we are going to get some get back at someone else or get some sort of approval for it. And, you know, I'm not saying that that is the place that my spirituality has come from, but I know there's a part of me that needs care that uh, that that was wounded by my spirituality in the past. So uh, what I've come to learn recently is that it's not all about me just spir- sharing my spirituality, uh, and I'll tell you why. So um, again, when I was a little girl, I wanted to do three things. I wanted to teach, I wanted to have a radio show, TV show, and I wanted to sing. Uh, I'm almost 36 years old, and I have been doing two of those three things. At the end of last year, though, I recognized that I had started to gain weight, and that no matter how clean I ate or how much I worked out, which was a fucking lot, I shit you not, I did everything possible to shift these 30 pounds that I put on Uh, and to increase my metabolism and to help me to feel more energized and uh, alive. But I was suffering. And um, 
you know, even though I was seeing my healer regularly and I was trying my damnedest to hold myself accountable, something was still missing. So after months of health issues, uh, actually a year of health issues and months of it getting worse and worse and worse, even though my stress was, I was lowering my stress more and more and more and letting go of responsibility and really taking such good care of myself and nurturing and everything was coming to a beautiful head. Um, and, uh, you know, after struggling with doctors and finding people to listen to and, you know, uh, so many blood tests, um, I was led to a diagnosis of Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disorder that attacks the thyroid. Now, um, I'm not going to give too much attention to that because to me, I feel that anything can be healed when we find the true cause of our suffering. Um, so that's what I've been doing is obviously maintaining the protocol for someone who has is manifesting the symptoms of Hashimoto's while also looking at the spiritual and belief systems that I can rework to yeah, heal it at, a root, at the root. So the thyroid is located in the throat, and energetically this is a place where we express our true selves. Uh, healing others and being of service, teaching, it's been such a gift, but it wasn't enough for me because there's a third element of me that wasn't being heard, and it's that little girl who wants to sing and perform. I'm a life path three. This is a collective three year. Threes are performers. That's the natural expression of three. Entertainers, performers, singers, actors, and, you know, uh, and teachers. And I felt compelled to be the performer I was meant to be and to truly own it this year. Singing brings me so much joy for years. All right, Faye, we hear you. For years, I have um, written and recorded music and poems that I have rarely shared. Uh, and I've been living and will continue to live a life of service as a healer. But I know that the other piece of me needs to let go and share too, and can have equal footing, can have space to shine as well, uh, even though it's so personal and scary to do so. Louise Hay in her book, You Can Heal Your Life, says that the thought pattern, belief system behind thyroid issues is, I never get to do what I want to do. When is it going to be my turn? So interesting that that manifested, even though I had attained so much as a healer and so much in my spiritual life, was I really focused mostly on that because it helped me to overcome the spiritual oppression that I went through as a child? Probably. And now what's next? Being my true authentic self and really integrating both of these beautiful gifts um, into the world. So the solution from Louise Hay's book, I move beyond old limitations and now allow myself to express freely and creatively. That little girl in me wants to sing, to perform, and to express her creativity out loud. However, if I want to perform because I think it will make me more lovable, then I'm going to find obstacles ahead of me and I'll probably sabotage myself in an effort to wake myself up. This is sort of the way the healing process goes. But if I want to perform music or perform anything because of the happiness it brings me to share this beautiful gift with others, because something truly magical happens when I open my mouth, well, that's a different story. So this year I've been performing my music for others in my retreats and other events, and guess what happened? My health improved. 
When I perform, I can feel the love of the divine consciousness flowing through me, just like when I'm performing my energy healing, because it's truly a piece of me and what I'm here to share and offer and what actually uh, I love to do. Ultimately, it really doesn't matter if anybody hears it because I hear it, but now is also the time to not worry about who's hearing it or what they're thinking. It's just time to share. So in a really long roundabout way, what I'm saying is the time we are in right now is asking us not what we need to do to feel secure and provided for. It's asking for us to do what we need to do because of who we truly are. We may think that attaining status, money, a relationship, a place to live will bring us security and happiness, but it rarely does. We are being asked to be motivated from a place of worth and happiness, not stress and struggle. We are being asked to do the craziest thing on earth, and that is to trust in our innate gifts and to trust that we are valuable. Who's asking us? Who's asking these things of us? We are. We incarnated at this time, and we are the creators of this time. We came here to do what we love to do, no matter how scary. It is what we must do in this one precious life that we've been given. Thank you for listening to that. Now I'm going to give you a quick update on the energies for this week, uh, June 3rd through the 9th. Monday, the 3rd, the new moon in Gemini. This happens on the day when we're at the last degree of Mercury in Gemini, which is a release degree in terms of Mercury, our mind, our perceptions. And a new moon degree is a nice hopeful element of potential. So this new moon, our desires, creativity, feminine energy, at the end of Mercury, thoughts, communication in Gemini, is just about sowing those mental and emotional seeds and adapting to change. Think about what you want, not what you don't want. That in all it is, says it all right there. Just think about what you want. Think about what's good. Think about what we want to see increased. Think about peace if that's what you want to increase. Think about love if that's what you want to increase. Do not think about what you do not want. That does not need our attention. Tuesday, the 3rd, Mercury is going to shift into Cancer. Mercury and Cancer is about allowing ourselves to enjoy our mental company. It's a very introverted uh, placement, thinking of ways we can nurture and protect ourselves, uh, communicating like a loving mother to ourselves, even when we are being very, very mentally naughty, going, mm, that's not how we're doing things anymore, little mind. Uh, Mama's here now. We're going to do things differently. Let me show you the way. Saturday, the 8th of June, Venus is going to head into Gemini. Venus, our romance, worth, and value has been in Taurus, and it's really been connecting with this Uranus energy. Uh, but in Gemini, Venus is going to ask us to stay curious, to focus on communication in our relationships, to adapt to change, and perhaps to alter our own perspective on what kind of relationship we're looking for with ourselves or with other people. Perhaps if we don't already know, this is a placement where we can be very open and just try out our options. Just be aware of when you're dating as an escapism or when there's too much focus on approval for others or instant gratification. This is really about us having a good relationship with ourselves first and foremost and having a good relationship with the way that we communicate with ourselves.
On Sunday the 9th, uh, the sun in Gemini is going to square Neptune in Pisces. Neptune is going to play a big part all month, and I talked about that last week. Neptune is a sensitive place for us all, especially in Pisces. And sometimes uh, with Gemini energy, the, uh, uh, the uh, quote, air don't care can be applied. So we're working out any self-deception and motivations that create results that we don't like. We're looking at the self, which is the sun, and seeing where we need to make adjustments, especially in the way that we think and communicate. Again, be kind to yourself. Be patient. Assume it will take a long time to get to where you need to go and that you have the time to do it. There's no rush. This day will never come again, and anyone who fails to eat and drink and taste and smell it will never have it offered to him again in all eternity. The sun will never shine as it does today. You must play your part and sing a song, one of your best. That's a quote by the poet Herman Hesse. So I'm sending you all love. If you're a patron of the New Story podcast, please enjoy a new guided meditation that is posted on Patreon that's available only to you in my posts. Um, And for everybody else, uh, if you want to become a patron, please do so. You can uh, donate any amount via my Patreon. And for everybody else, take a long, hard look at the way that you're communicating with yourself. Where can you support yourself more? Where can you get support in shifting those inner belief systems? Um, It's a long road. It takes a lot of work. Um, Maybe it doesn't have to feel like work. Maybe we can have the joyful connection to it of, Um, I'm here to transform myself and I accept that and it doesn't have to feel like a bad dream, bad nightmare that I'm in. Um, I can really just do this and I can do it because I have the courage to do so and it's what I've come here to do. And maybe just taking ownership of that spiritual path, uh, is something that will provide you with some, some solace. So again, if you're in Brooklyn this week, um, I have some healing sessions available. Don't be shy. Please reach out if you do want an in-person session uh, because I can always put you on the list for the next ones that come up. Um, It's the 6th through the 8th. And uh, if you want to join me at my retreat in Patterson, New York, that's June 28th through the 30th. There's all the information will be linked in the show notes. Uh, or you can find all that kind of information on me and my one-on-one sessions in um, on my website, www.rebeccaconran.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-C-O-N-R-A-N.com, or visit me on Instagram. All right, friends, sending you so much love. Thank you for tuning in, and I appreciate you. As you heal yourself, you help the entire collective to heal, and that is not lost on me. Sending love. Bye-bye.